when you first got to the league, who was the first person to bust your ass? Oh man, probably the, the first one to bust my ass probably was Spree. Spree Will. Spree, he got he put me in uh got me in some pick and rolls, boy, and was was wearing hard my ass right. Out. We were hard right here, time. Oh man, couldn't stop it. Time out. Was this Golden State, Golden State or New York Golden spree? State, Golden State. Ooh, ball head spree. Oh man, bro. Hey, PJ Carlissimo spree. That's who that yeah. was. Right there. Yeah, so. Nah, man. It was. Uh, I guess probably my first one of those first moments I had was Alvin Robinson though, when he was up in Toronto, and, and, and I had that ball in triple threat position, and he just. Beached in and grabbed that joint. Just I'm like, oh man, where where am I? Well, welcome to the NBA, young fella. Alright, we live on location, y'all. Me and Black are here in Orlando, staying our ass at home. And we got our OG triple OG, Jerry Stack Dollar, Stackhouse, live on location from Vanderbilt, Nashville, Tennessee, y'all. Honor and privilege to have you, OG. Y'all chilling with the head coach of Vanderbilt University. Tune in, lock in. You went to school in North Carolina, high school in North Carolina, night, but you you transferred and went to Oak Hill. Why are you transferring? Leave your school and go to Oak Hill. Man, one of y'all point guard, Jeff McGinnis, man. He was a major recruiter back then, man. Jay Mack, man. Jay Mack. Like I played with him on the AU team. And it was kind of got crazy, man, you know, back home, you know, with a whole lot of, you know, just the recruiting process, just getting bombarded, you know, calls all the time at home and, you know, other little knucklehead stuff going on at, at the crib, you know, folk accusations, all type of stuff, man. So I just thought it was a good time to just kind of, get away for that last year they had they were playing a national schedule going to Hawaii Vegas like I wanted to play against the best of the best I pretty much accomplished what you know everything I could accomplish in North Carolina was where you lived like you know Oak Hill up in the mountains ain't nothing around Oak Hill like was that a culture shock like (laughs) it was bro I mean it was like I I drove up there the first time and I kind of came in the back way I didn't even come in I turned on a little street called Oak Hill Road I thought that was it so I came on the back of the campus riding through cows and everything so I was like oh man but it was just uh, the basketball I just knew that that environment of just being with talented players every day you know just working out getting better Um, from an academic standpoint it was a little bit of a step back I felt like I pretty much repeated what I did as a junior my senior year but you know that that was cool I was you know I was salutatorian for the for the class because I knew everything <laughs> straight up <laughs> could there have been anybody else outside of North Carolina I, mean, I think uh Virginia you know I, I mean I, I got up there and saw a lot of those affluent blacks on campus you know saying coming down there from Northern Virginia I was like man this is this, this could be a cool spot I had I mean the guys were, were a good vibe, but going to Oak Hill that year really made me want to come back home because my family couldn't really get to see me play as much. So, I, you know, getting back home and getting a little closer was important mm-hmm. to me for that, you know, for college. How was it for you and J-Mac to both choose 
Chapel Hill, UNC, when you talk about how you guys had already played AAU, then he recruited you to come play in high school. How was it for both of y'all to sign letters of intent to go? Man, to it was UNC big time because I knew I had a partner that you know I had I competed with, you know, and I knew you know, how to find me. We had really good chemistry together, you know, on the lobs and stuff. So I mean, he was one of the, he's the best, you know, alley you passer maybe ever, man. He put that ball on the money. Truly. We didn't receive the field. Yeah, you know, you, you you know, know Jay, man. But I think for it was a little tricky there because I think they had offered Randy Livingston and it was a little bit and he was delaying his process. So it wasn't like he was able to commit right away. And then when Randy committed to LSU, then, they, you know, we locked it in. So we knew, you know, we had a little mob coming in. One of my favorite highlights in college history is when you went to the other side of the rim and Duke, and then after you dunked it with the air one shaking your head, like every time I see that highlight, it just brings back so many memories. Man. Uh, that, can you go back to that game when y'all playing Duke? Because I know the rivalry and it's just so hype, and for you to go on the other side of the rim. And <laughs> Man, you know, I mean, that's one of those games where you, you're going to do something, want to have an out-of-body experience. And I think that was it for that game. It's just so electric in there. I mean, the fans are right on top of you. I mean, we heard about it for so long, being a part of this rivalry. And J-Mac, again, get that outlet pass. You, know, not you kick it up. That, kick it up, <laughs> hit a head. And next thing I know, I'm just, you know, putting that thing in my right hand. <laughs> and got to the baseline and, and man. The rest is history. And, I, and you know, I always kind of kept it kind of calm, man. You know, Coach always said, you know, act like you've been there before. But just that moment, yeah. I, I got a little bit. I was trying to right. control myself, but it was, you know, yeah. it was, it was a hype moment for sure. <laughs> How was it for you to be a part of that type of a tradition and then not just be at one of the blue blood, you know, traditionally big-time schools, but putting on for, like, y'all were a powerhouse in y'all time. Like you, J-Mac, Shaman Williams, she. How, talk about – being a part of that and continuing the greatness like for Michael and all of the James Worthies and the teams that came before you to be one of those great teams and to actually get drafted with she back-to-back -back in the top 10 and all of that type of stuff. Like, y'all did historic Man, stuff. Know, was, How was that? When you saw the, the, the players that had come through, right, you know, it was important. And they hadn't won a championship since, like, 1982. So it was like – that was part of my motivation right. of going there. Man, we want to you know get back on top. The thing is, they won a championship that spring of our senior year, so it's like it kind of was a little bit deflating. And you know, I don't even know if I'd have gone there if that decision would have made after the championship. Because you want to be a part of you know something that hadn't happened in a while. And and but it, it was crazy, man, when you saw Jordan and Perkins and all those great players that have come through there and, and they went on to the next level. Yeah, You felt like, okay, it was our opportunity to be next in line. But, you know, we just brought a different type of swag, I thought, you know, with, with our group. She, you know, they hadn't really seen, you know, you know, kind of uh, kind of a brash, you know, freshman coming in, you know, expecting, you know, felt like we should be playing. Even though they had won the national championship, we was going at their throat every, every day. <laughs> so it was like, you know, it was right. candid conversations. Like, I'm knocking on Coach Smith's door like, yo, man. I'm playing 18 minutes and getting 13. I, I feel like I need a few more minutes. You know? <laughs> a couple but, more. But yeah. he was like, you know, you know, you and Brian Reese, you know, you guys should try to be the best small forward in the country together, you know, and it'll make us a better team. You know, in my mind as an 18-year-old, I feel like I could be the best small mm -hmm. forward in the country by myself. So, What's uh, up? but it was just, it again, learning how to share the floor with other good players, man. I, and that's what I, 
preach now when I'm dealing with, you know, young guys that's coming out of high school. They've been the best one or two players on their team, and now they got to fit in with other talented players. So it's, you know, it's, it's a process for sure. Legendary Dane Smith. Right now, as you coaching, you remembering a lot of stuff that Dane Smith was telling you and, and kind of trying to install in you when you was down there. Like, how is that? Man, you know, I just wanted to please him, man. I mean, that's what I, that's been my MO with every coach that I had because I felt like that's the way you get playing time. You do what the coach asks and, and, and do it at a high level. You're going to always be on the floor. And from year one through year 18, you know, I found my way to be on the floor because I did what the coach wanted us to do. From that standpoint, man, just, you know, now I'm teaching and the same principles, those same foundation and fundamental things that I learned back then, no middle, um, low man coming, you know, you know, defending and, and sharing, being unselfish offensively, you know, making the extra pass, you know, uh, crediting the guy that, that had the hockey assist, you know what I'm saying? All those things, man, when, when you really understand the game, you know, you understand it's more than just the guy that put the ball in the hole, but other guys that did things to make that happen. So I try to echo his voice, you know, and, and talking to our guys the same way. I mean, it's clear that education is something that's important to you. You just a salutatorian in high school, you know what I'm saying? You went on, you left school early, but you still earned your degree in African-American studies a few years later while still being in the league and being a star in the league. How much of that influences you to pour that into your players now to teach them the importance of education, regardless of whether, you know, guys leave early or not? And you are an example of that. There was a star player in college and when you first got to the league, but you earned your degree while being that star, all-star in the league. And, and, it, it, was it really stemmed for me, man, making a promise when I left early, right? When I left early after my sophomore season, it was like I told Coach Smith and I told my mother that I was going to graduate. But it was it was almost a perfect situation, too, because, I mean, getting drafted to Philadelphia, we was on bad teams. So we weren't making the playoffs. So I had plenty of time to get back and get into both summer sessions <laughs> and, and everything. And I enjoyed it way more coming back than I really did when I was there because I just felt like I was on a mission to try to get to the league, right, and get there, even though everything else was ancillary to that. But now I was back. I was enjoying my classmates more. I had a little scooter. I had a little money in my pocket. So it was like (laughs) I I enjoyed that, man. But it's important because if I didn't do those things, I didn't fulfill that promise to them, I couldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now. You know, most people just think no matter how much knowledge you have about the game of basketball, the experience that you can have to share, you don't have a degree. You can't coach in college. You just limit yourself, right? You yeah, either that's, that's possibly cool. coaching in high school. I think it's probably you got to have a at least a high school diploma, you know, saying to be able to even coach in, in, in high school, you know, or, or something. But I, so I just think, man, I'm thankful that I sacrificed a little bit of time back then to be able to have these opportunities now. And I just think it's always a process to continue to try to improve yourself. I took a you know class up at, at Harvard, you know, just for you know just the business of music and entertainment and sports and, and kind of how they interact. And they had some different case studies, man. So it was just the more we know, the farther we can go. So I mean, I just, you know, reading and just trying to better ourselves. I mean, one of the mentors that I had used to run the Players Association, you know, Charles Grantham, he all, his favorite saying was like, it's not your guy's fault what you don't know, right? You know, when we come into the business of the NBA, we really, it's just about the game. We don't understand the billions of dollars that are generating and understanding that dynamic of it and I didn't right. until I really kind of got involved in the players association a little bit further down in my career and I wish I'd have done that early on so that's why I try to encourage guys once they get into the league man yeah. be that representative of your team so we can have guys that can carry information that that's our problem when we go up against the league 
we don't have that institutional knowledge of what has happened before us, you know, because we keep coming and going and that knowledge doesn't stay yeah. with, with that group. And so I think we're always kind of at a disadvantage from a collective bargaining standpoint. So hopefully we figure that out one day that we really need to reach back to those guys, Isaiah Thomas, the, you know, either people don't know that, man, we was given 15% of our contract before Isaiah came in and said, nah, that ain't happening no more. It was 4% max. Right. He was the president when that stuff got done. Stuff that we benefit from and we don't include yeah. those guys in, in the process going forward. It's, it's important that we do that because we had a tricky time right now with our you know, Players Association, where, with everything that's going on um, with this, you know, the, the pandemic and them having the clause to be able to open the CBA back up and everything. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, we need, you know, we're right now in a transition. You know, executive director search yeah. and all those type of things over there at the league office ain't nothing changed. Right. They know from David to Adam, all yeah. those things are the same. So the next few months could be really, really, really important. Absolutely. Uh, you get drafted to the 76ers. Was, was there anybody else you wanted to go to? Uh, man, I wanted to go one. You know what I'm saying? I want to go to Golden State, but I guess they already had three. But I had a hell of a workout out there, man. I went out there and killed it. You know, made yeah. felt like I made every shot out there, you know, at the time. Before you guys came in and turned it out, the Clippers wasn't the de destination to go. But I didn't, I didn't want to go two. They go to they had one. Clippers had two, and, and Philadelphia was three. So I was like, man, I didn't miss any jumpers on purpose at at, at the Clippers, but I just say it wasn't my best one. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. You talking about when we came around? They still weren't the destination. We didn't even work out for them. Our agent kept us away from them, and they still yeah. picked us anyway. So it was pretty much the right, same. Right, right. But now you think about too. it, man. Just you know, L.A. and the, that that market at that time. Again, not understanding the business of basketball, you probably you know, even though it was Lakers Town, still just being in that market. Um, not that Philadelphia was a small market. Still took advantage of it. You know, some marketing endorsement opportunities. Um, there, I, you know, with us when I signed with Fila, so it was like Philadelphia, so it had a nice play on it. But uh, <laughs> right, right. I, but I was going to a, a tough situation, man. A team that was in the midst of the, uh, you know, selling the team. Like it was a lot of taking shortcuts, right? That for that whole year. I mean, I played with like thirty players, you know, <laughs> something, something crazy that year. But you know, Lukey was bringing in. I mean, I'm telling you, everybody that he had had in. You know, in his centers and whatnot, he was getting those kids a chance. I mean, I, I love him for it, right? But, you know, those guys, he gave them 10 days. You know, that that, that little 10 grand, uh, 15 grand for a year, you know, but it was just like a revolving door. So there wasn't any continuity until the next year when, you know, they, they made the change. So do you feel like Detroit is where you really kind of yeah. sit your foot in the ground and kind of – yeah, man, it was like, you know, because when we got there, uh, Allen, that coincided with Allen getting drafted, you know, in 96. Again, and, and it's a whole new, the, the, pretty much the people that drafted me wasn't even there anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? John Lucas and, you know, that whole front office was gone. And now the front office, you know, they drafted Allen Iverson. And you know, we basically played the same position, man. You know what I'm saying? Even though he was six foot, he was a scorer. Right. And I was a scorer. Yeah. I, I wasn't about to relent one bit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. We were one of the high, you know, high scoring duos, but we didn't have a, you know, a lot of around us. So I, I think when it came down to it, me going to Detroit and being able to get Theo Ratliff and, and some other pieces around him and me being able to give a Grant Hill and, a, and, and some other veterans, it really helped me. I mean, I, I really, sh it showed me what being a pro is about because I didn't really get that in Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? We were just some 
some young knuckleheads, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It'd be like that. It'd be like the politics of the game. <laughs> some people don't know. Sometimes it's not even really what the player is doing. It's it's like just the politics of the game. Like you said, you got drafted and everybody who drafted you or, or picked you is completely gone. And they up on the new right. person that coming in. And then they'll completely forget about you. Right. Not that you you out there trashing the place up or you playing bad or nothing. It was just they they on a whole new whole new people and they only include you in the politics of the game, you get sunk into it. Like when I got to Cleveland, the owner was blind and he was selling the team and it was just like the whole organization. I was like, man, I just left the Clippers, which is already one of the worst <laughs> organizations there is. And then I get traded to a whole nother team that's just as bad and going through the same thing. I ain't never lost this much <laughs> as I lost. Hey, like I won 18 my real. first year, bro. So, I mean, that was like... I didn't even want to like come we won outside. Sixteen games out of like out of eighty-two. It's like we had we had every game. Like man, what y'all doing after this? Like you ain't even <laughs> about. I ain't never lost like that, bro. I was. Never I didn't want to come man. out, y'all. I mean, like I said, I, I felt like if I was going out, everybody was looking at me like, man, you, you know, it's like it's oblivious. Uh, the old school guys, they going out, they partying, whatever. I'm, I'm I'm hiding, bro. Right, like, right, man, right, you right. Need you need to stay inside. Fifteen and in um, a million, man. I I, <laughs> I, I, I wore all of that because again, I, you know, my talents had been attributed to the success that I had up to that point in junior high school, high school, college, whatever. We won, and I was a part of it. And now I'm still, you know, I'm getting twenty, but we're not winning, you know. And we're in games just learning how to win. We just didn't know how to win, man. It got down to those. The last three, four minutes of the game, and it was just like, oh, here we go again. Everything that, that go wrong will go wrong because we just didn't understand what we needed to do to win. How was it when you was like, now you're in Detroit and now you're averaging 29.7.3, like you're averaging basically 30 ball. I remember this because I had to see some of that. <laughs> Q. You know what I'm saying, man? Like I said, I, I tell you, folks, I ain't never had no problem getting no buckets. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I think that was the just one of those Grand Hill was there and Grand Hill left. Mm-hmm. Right. We were, we were just tandem. You know, we had made the All Star team, and obviously he left for Orlando. It was better. You know, he, he wanted a different situation. So I was just kind of left there. Ben Wallace had came, and he was you know, a, a dominant defensive player and a dominant rebounder. And he would get an offensive rebound and hand that thing back to me. So I probably got some shots and possessions that I wasn't even supposed to get. And when I got going, man, those, you know, I had Mo Cleese and, you know, Chucky Atkins, those guys, man, they, you know, they made it their business to find me. Michael Curry, he used to get me in a, so important to my guys like that that used to work out. And even though he was starting at a small forward, he would get me ready for the game as opposed to him working, you know, trying to get his shot going or whatnot. He would just right. go from different spots around me, uh, you know, making pl- plays, stepping off, working on my shot. Get, so so they catered to my style that year. The next year was a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? It was fun, you know, being able to score at that pace, but we weren't winning, right? We were mm-hmm. 32 and 50. You know, next year, Rick Carlisle comes in, and he's like, Stack, I want to I wanna put you in pick and roll more. Your numbers probably won't be the same. Right. Um, and I went down from, like, from 29 to 23, 24, but we were 50 and 32. 
So it just shows you that sometimes right. less is more. Even though I, you know, put up big numbers that year, it didn't really translate to us having success. And then when I, you know, brought it back a little bit, got my teammates involved, it's tough, man. We were just so hell bent on going to get a bucket. You know, we missed a lot of people on the weak side. You know, I don't even go back and look at those games. It was like, man, but that was just the mentality. We were looking at, we're seeing it right now. You know, Ian was trying to go get 75 every night. And that's who we was trying to, right. trying, to trying to follow in his footsteps. So it was like, man, you know, yeah. a lot of times you have blinders to where you were taking tougher shots than you need to, but, but that was just the way we played. And then once you get with better players, better coaching and understanding the whole, man, we were in we won the Central Division. It was big time, man. Winning, winning is the cure-all. When you came up, of course, we all wanted to be MJ, but who else was you looking at and watching that game? It was like, man, I want, I want to get some of that. Man, I love James Worthy, bro. I mean, that was my man, like, really, because I played four. I, I never even played shooting guard until I was in, uh, in the pros. In the pros. I, college. I played the four man at, at North Carolina. Right, so it's like that's me too. Yeah, man. So I didn't, man. It, it it was crazy when I was getting these comparisons to coming into Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah, Michael Jordan, the guard. Where where, where did they see that? I just <laughs> they just see because I could, you know, run fast, get out on the wing, and dunk. But I had to learn that position, you know, just from a ball handling standpoint, for you know, pick and rolls and all that. And I was, once you got to the league, man, I I look back. I mean, I averaged about. Probably almost four turnovers my rookie year. I mean, they were lucky that I was only averaging four. <laughs> right, right, right. Because two of them, I was running over people, trying, you know, getting to that hole. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even consider them charge a turnover. Like, man, you shouldn't have been in the way. Let me. I don't know if you. Well, I know you got to remember. I can't remember whether it was ninety nine, two thousand, or two thousand. It was one of them years, one of them summers. I used to be like, yo, Stackhouse, this dude a baller. This man came over on from Michigan on the boat with his two <laughs> big boy whips on the boat and pull up the hoops for the couple weeks. But he didn't just came over on the boat. I was like, dog, I, I don't know how much me and my partners talked about that that summer. We were so impressed. Like, bruh, this man came up over here on the boat, brought the whips. He about to pull up for a few weeks and, and work out in hoops. That's what it is. I moved into the Trying to show y'all young boys how to do that thing, man. Um, but now I was, you know, country boy from North Carolina, man. I always, you know, dreamed about going to the beach and you see all those boats out there. And I got in the boat and kind of early. And so I brought, had, got me a boat and brought it around from Detroit. And then I had a dually with a trailer that I, you know, I put them big boys in, in the trailer and, you know, drive them wherever I wanted to go. Whether I was taking it to Miami, North Carolina, or shot for a couple of weeks, you know, yeah. they gave some good run up at, at Hoops. I was trying to find a run, right? So let's, let's post up there for a week, man. But it was it's all about competing and playing, man. Those, those were some fun times. Walking, that's the first time I saw LeBron, right? And then, you know. And I was about to say, like, the Hoops runs were so legendary. But I can remember when I first come in there as a young boy. I'm, me and Corey, we fresh out of high school. We ain't even in college yet. TG bring us in there. You know how he do it. Ain't no – uh, it ain't no hiding. He picked the teams. He picked the matchups. He tell you, you got him, you got him. So right. first however long, we up in there, me and Corey getting straight fired. We don't get to guard nobody but Mike Finley, Scotty when he there, like real boys at the position. We like, man, 
God, I did TG like he laughing at us every day. Like how how you how you feel, young fella? You know how TG is. We like man, when we gonna get to play against each other? I thought we was gonna guard each other some today. Like you had us against all of the people we watch. You like no no, that's gonna get y'all ready. I'm like man, me and Corey both used to think that. Like man, I, I, I think we gonna guard each other, right? Like nah, <laughs> put us up that against Mike or somebody. Like <laughs> no doubt, man. No. It was crazy. That same felt that dude show. But again, those same young dudes, they was coming out. I remember them dudes coming up to the car looking in the Bentley, you know, the whole nine, uh, Maverick and all those. All those exactly. That was when Twan, Twan had brought LeBron into the to Hoops for a while. He had LeBron, had, uh, Twan had him up there. He was hanging with Twan heavy. But yeah. I definitely, man, I remember that about you bringing them whips. I was one of the young boys looking like, man, look at this. Like, you know, we can't see nothing like this on our first deal. We got to wait. Do we get some big money? Like, that's how we start calling thing, you. Man, PJ, um, PJ Tucker, he used, to, he used to go to Summer League in North Carolina. He's like, man, that was my motivation, man. We used to run up to the car, you know, just look in. I'm like, man, it's crazy dudes that's, you know, in the league and doing great things now, just that, you know, what what they saw and some of that motivation, man. And that's, that's what we see in, in our hood, man. So I was, bro, I was glad to be able to lead the way a little bit. Bro, from that summer on, your nickname was Stack Dollar to all <laughs> us and all my homeboys. <laughs> Let me ask you this. You said everybody's sitting here watching The Last Dance. What is your take on The Last Dance? Because I know for me, especially, I'm seeing some things from different perspectives and in just a little different way because I was so much younger when it was happening. What's your perspective on it? It shows it's some different ways to be great. You know, Mike was great from the standpoint that he just pushed everybody and, and pushed himself, found so many different challenges, you know, that made up challenges you know, <laughs> right. to, to motivate. He got to the point where, but again, he had to get there. You know, Isaiah and them boys, they used to, you know, tap on his ass, you know what I'm saying, all yeah. of them. Like, so they, they couldn't beat him. He was when he was having all those big games, Boston. Uh, they, they were still winning, and then he eventually got to that point, worked his way up there, got, you know, the supporting cast around him. Scotty being there was huge. It was tough, man, some of those tough moments, man, when you just see calling, like, Scotty selfish, when Scotty making $3 million and you making thirty six. Yeah. Like, oh, man, it, it, it just, like, ho, oh, how, how can that? This is his man's. You know, this is my man's in them. It's like, you know, you're almost to the point where he's like, Damn, man, can we, we need to work, rework this and give him some of what I'm getting. But it's like, damn, he's been a part of this thing. But, again, that's the, the right, having the right representation and it's always important, too. But, man, there's so many different factors. I mean, the competitiveness, that one segment with the Dream Team when him and Magic was going at it. Yeah. You know, Magic was throwing the ball in the stands, how competitive it got in there, man. I could I could watch that a hundred times in a row just to see yeah. the, how they interacted and you know, it got so competitive that nobody was talking. <laughs> but you you see magic leadership, you know, once they get back on the bus, everybody quiet and then all of a sudden magic say something like, I guess we should be and then it just cracks it and then they go on and do yeah, you know, what they're supposed yeah. to do. But that's just his charisma, man, new that it was something that needed to be been, been said right now. M probably would have been like, all right, man, I ain't saying nothing the whole ride, <laughs> right? And good with it, ain't got no problem. But <laughs> so it just shows that there's different ways to be great. I think Magic was great because he was dramatic and reached and touched everybody. And M was, you know what I'm saying? He alienated some, some teammates or, or whatnot, but it was all part of, you know, if you're, if you're a LeBron fan, 
you don't like it because you know LeBron is all he's gonna pass. He's he gonna pass it. You know, if it, if it comes to the, he's gonna make the right play. M is gonna take that shot. So I, I just it's, it's different perspectives, and I think it's it's great that we don't have sports right now that we can have something to to debate like that. You seeing Jordan how he was back in them Bulls days, and when you play with Jordan with the Wizards, do you see like oh, all right, I I can understand why he was that way when when he played with the Wizards? Well, no, I think like, it was a different Jordan when he came back, you know, after the, after yeah. the, you know, uh, came back to the Wizards. It, it was just different. Like, you know, we, we were damn near, you know, in awe of him, you know, in, in, in those first three championships, right? And then when he took the little hiatus and when he came back, you know, he kind of lost a little bit of a, you know, even though they still won three in a row again, you know, it lost a little bit of that, okay, we feel like we can play and compete with him a little bit more. And then when he left that last time and came back, it was like, oh, no, we this it's a new game now, you know. And even though he was still effective and doing different things, people don't understand. I always talk about, you know, you know, I got traded to the Washington. The reason I got traded to Washington because I bust their ass, you know what I'm saying, him and – Rip Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? We beat him four straight times. You know what I'm saying? Go back and look at that that stats. That's why they wanted me on that that team. It's right. It's like uh, they well, just traded a young Rip for shouldn't have never traded. Man, I was busting Rip fast. You know what I'm saying? So it was <laughs> right. like, you know, it wasn't even close at, at that point. Yeah, he went to Detroit and they some magical things. We had already built a foundation there, and you know they get she somehow they just hand. The Detroit Pistons, Rasheed Wallace. Hey, everything. I mean, come on, man. You know, that that was crazy. So it's, it's That was it right there, too. So my mindset was like, man, I, I thought I was coming in to to kind of be the guy and Mike was on his way out, but Mike was coming in like, no, nah, this is this is not how I want to go out, you know, and to the point of where he, you know, we were have had an offense. He changed that offense. You know, Doug's like, man, we, you know, we need to slow this thing down, pump this thing to me in the post a little bit, play. But it's Mike. But again, for me, you know, and it came out wrong. To, you know, I think when I said that, like I felt like I was a better player than Michael Jordan. That sounds crazy, right? You know, Michael Jordan, the greatest player. But at that time. I was better suited to carry that team. I was 29, and I just showed you the year before that, you know, without you or we hey, – <laughs> don't go back and watch that that tape, man. The tape don't lie. Yeah. So so, I'm, so it's just a different thing. And we, you know, kind of – you know, we, we, we work well together. We tiptoed around each other, man, because we were alphas. You know what I'm saying? I didn't – you know, it was like, man, we, he stayed in this space, but it was just some of the – the things that I saw, man, with our younger guys, that was like, man, you know, when we had success, it was, you know, we. When we didn't have success, it was they, you know, and it was it, it wasn't that me, you know. I mean, I, I didn't have no no problems. You, you know what it was. I mean, I'm gonna always stand up for myself, but you know, just seeing it, and you know, you, you hear about it, like we hearing about what's going on in, in the Chicago Bulls, and it seems like it's like it's all right, it's it's entertaining right now. But if you're right in the middle of it. It's like, you know, that ain't really cool. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. And then it's just kind of like a traveling circus. It's Mike's last year. So a lot of different factors. Yeah, everywhere was crazy. It was crazy. Man, we're in the second round of the playoffs, and I'm now with a team talking about making the playoffs for the first time in nine or ten years. So, 
yeah, I didn't necessarily want to be there. You know what I'm saying? Even though it was you know, cool, the thought of playing with Michael Jordan for for that year, that I was going to be able to, to pick his brain. and and But it just felt like it was somewhat adversary. We had been like competitors so so long that it just didn't didn't flow. Um, right. you know, like in order for if he if I was being featured, then he was standing and he was a spot up shooter. Not a spot up shooter. If he if Mike was being posted, then I was standing as a spot up shooter. At that point in my career, I didn't want to be a spot up shooter. Right. Or or didn't feel like I should be a spot up shooter. Mm-hmm. So it was just man, a dynamic and a fit that didn't work. But I mean I, I got no no problem in still saying that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time and the impact that he had on all of us, you know, wanting to go to the basket and finish and dunk and do all of those types of things. We got a lot of that, you know, from him. And, and you can't take that away from him. Yeah. I want to ask you, who instilled the game in you? Like, this, you hard-nosed, you tough, you get buckets. Like, you, you well-respected. <laughs> like, you're going to demand respect. Like, who put that in you? To my brothers, play man. You play. My brothers. I mean, I'm the I'm the youngest of eight boys, right? And they, they all played at you know at, at a certain level. But my my brother, my closest brother, my brother Tony, you probably seen him with me, probably six years older than me. He played overseas for 15 years. But man, he's the best scorer that I've ever seen, right? So I mean, and I've seen all type of you know Jordan and all of that. But anybody that played against him, and you ask him about Tony Dawson and what he can do on the basketball court when it comes to scoring, just Telling you guys that were supposed to be real defenders, you know, they, they got it. So it was like, you know, we, we couldn't even play against each other. I mean, we just straight start fighting, man. My mama had to make us stop playing against <laughs> each other. Because, you know, I was at, getting to that point in high school, you know, because he was already, you know, college playing overseas. And, man, they was calling, you know, people talking to him, talking about, man, your brother coming. He's like, man, whatever. So whenever he'd come back home, that was my big test. You know, and my brother, next brother too, he used to come back home and I always challenged myself against him. And man, he would, you know, I would have some success and then all of a sudden he started putting it on me. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I go in the house crying. Like you started playing like a man. You're like, that's, that's what you would, yeah, I suppose you play like a man. And I think that just instilled in me, man. I feel like if I could beat them dudes, you know, it wasn't another high school of my age, another college player my age, or, or when I, even when I got to the pros, it would, you know, even I might not have had the best jump shot or the, the best crossover, but you was going, you know, you was going to battle with me. You know what I'm saying? I think that's all you want, the respect of you guys. You know, it's, they know when they came to see me what, you're going to have to strap it up for sure. Yeah, you know, you should have a lot of that hobnobbing and, Talking, I used to hate when my teammates did all of that shit, man. Come on, you you know, come on, you talk to him after the game, right? Now it was like, man, Moclees was like, man, Stack had me had, had me hating everybody in the league when I played with him. <laughs> but now nah, it's just it's us. Hey, I'm telling you, that's go. the same way we feel. Whether you are all star or not, you know when you look across at your opponent, I got I got his respect. It don't really matter about not a fan or nobody else in there. When we got the respect of our peers, that's what it's about. No doubt, they they know. I mean, it's like, and I mean, it's just it was a tough every night, man. When you think about it, so many guys that you kind of don't really get the notoriety or the credit of the great players. When you talk about, you know, like Allen Houston and you know, e, you know, Eddie Jones, you know, every night Mitch Richmond, 
every night it was it was somebody like a name that a lot of people probably don't know, Bobby Fields. Bobby Fields gave me more problems than anybody because he could guard on the post, he could guard on the He was perimeter. strong. I'll be telling folks about Monster Mash. Mash Mash work. Oh. <laughs> Come on, man. So who asked me who was the first one to bust my ass? Who was the first one to bust your ass when you got in the league? Weber jump hooked my ass a whole game. <laughs> and I tried to time it. I tried to get it. I tried to front him. I tried to do everything. And he jump hooked me for about 36. And I felt I felt like the whole 36 was on me. Uh, hey, that, hey. Man, mine Who was, was, with this you, was the first time I ever got to start. It was a preseason game in Denver. But Sean Leonard gave me 17 Ooh. in the first six minutes. <laughs> I came and sat down at the six minute time. And he from the shot. Now he from Detroit, but 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 he from Michigan somewhere, oh, okay, but man, okay. listen, I'm just I wasn't respected. I'm like, man, Vashon Little, man, I'm about to, about, you know what I'm saying? He ain't one of them. I'm about to, yeah. six minutes into it, between the altitude and him with his game, I was dying. I don't know what he finished with. I know that first six minutes, I felt all of it. Man, that, hey, he, he could get hot now, you know, because he was down. That's probably after oh. he was in Miami, right? Because he was in Miami first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Down there with yeah, Pat, no, Riley, but, Pat Riley. Pat Riley had them boys following everybody hard. You're about ready to go to blows with them boys every time you go to the line. You came up in the era where physicality was like one of the options. And like, you're going to play hard. It's going to be real physical. Now, today, they don't really let you touch as much. They don't really concentrate much on defense or give defenders too much chance on stopping somebody. So what you think about from that game to now game, what you like about it? I think the errors are different, right? It's just a different style now where you know, the guys are utilizing the three way, you know, way more than we did. I mean, it was like, man, you took seven threes in the game. It's like, what is going on? So you need to drive to the basket. Now it's, you know, that people average shooting seven threes a game. But I, man, I, in the first half. In the first half, exactly. Like, look at that James and what he's doing. Man, it's, that's crazy. And it's fun to watch. Like, people say what they want to, yeah. I mean, we like that physical style, but if they were as lax and not, you know, allowing straight line drives now, man, I, I was shooting 10, 11 free throws back then. Imagine how many free throws I would have been Exactly, yeah. Or getting something easy, man. So it's it's a, a different game, a different time, you know, the spacing. You know, we, I don't know when you guys got there where you had to be lifted, right? Yeah, you had, to, have a, you had to be on your man at top. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, come on, you can sit there and, and just – dance all day, step off with guys and whatnot. You see, you know, two guys up there. So you pretty much playing one-on-one. And then one by the on time one. Yep, one they were too late, man. So, you know, I got the tail end of that kind of you know, 2012. You know, it was about the three. And at that point, I was a spot-up corner shooter anyway. So yeah. it's like I got all three of those errors, man, I think. Being able to catch the tail end of Mike, you know, Kobe, and then – to see LeBron kind of carry it from there. So it's, I was able to report As a college coach, I feel like you one of the type of dudes that could still get out there. You could do a little – I mean, you ain't going to go too far, but you could still hoop with them. You traditionally an old-school, tough, physical guy. How do you try and translate what you know to your players and to your team, knowing that the game is so different today and, like, all of the differences between the eras and what they are doing now? How do you translate and pour into them what you know? Well, man, it's like, dude – do what I say, not what I do. Cause I'm gonna get down here and get on this block and take some of these mid range jumpers, but I don't want you taking as many of them. <laughs> like get to the right. paint, 
right? Get it more of a high percentage shot or, or spread it. You know, even with the three, instead of taking the one dribble pull up, which we always worked on, like you would take the three, one dribble pull up right, one dribble pull up left. Right now, it's more right. of a side step, shot fake, side step, stay behind the line, <laughs> yeah. get more money. You know, and again, like it's just a different time, man. Like I wouldn't like my game, you know, right now in this era, right. be off, you know, off the block a little bit in that mid post area, trying to get to the lane, pull up, you know, long twos. We thought nothing about it. It is really literally the worst shot in basketball because mm-hmm. even if you make it two more inches and, and we got another point on the board. So the analytics play a huge part in it in some of my thinking now. But at the same time, it's about taking advantage of personnel. If I get a guy that can go down on and wear your ass out on the block, I'm going to punch it into him. We're going to split and we're going to do that. But if we don't have that type of guy, then we're going to play five out, you know, put that put that big up top, let him DHO each way, play out of that delay action. And I just think it opens up the floor and creates more opportunity in today's game. And that's what we want to teach you. All these kids have aspirations of playing at that next level. So I think, the, you know, the good thing for me is that's where I come from. You know, the last few years, coaching in the G League, coaching with the Raptors, that I saw the game and I think we were ahead of the game. You see, you know, the things that we were doing, it, it works. And you know, the, the world champions right now. And I think we all kind of had a hand in, you know, how they play and, and the style that we play. At what point did you figure out like, man, I might want to coach, that this is something that I want to do and I got a passion for? Well, I mean, I think I always, as I got older, like I played forever, right? And so when I got older, <laughs> You know, uh, in, in Dallas, you know, Ava used to like, Zach, I, you know, I'm tired of these guys. I know they're tired of hearing my voice. You know, run, run film session, you know what I'm saying, today. All right, so then I got just that, you know, being able to understand the game and see the game and, and how and the things. And that was the best team that I was on. You know, went to the finals, lost to Miami in the finals in 06. But just the, the way we approach things from that, I was going to watch my son play. I think he was seven, eighth grade, going to AAU game. I was, you know, back home, and they was just, man, they was ragtag basketball. I couldn't watch it. I was like, man, I, I could do something with this group. So I, I took that team, you know, those guys, and started working out with them, and I started my AAU program from there. I started watching these kids get better and better, and we're beating teams more, way more talented just because we had a system and understanding of what we were doing and. and you know, they asked me to coach the all-star team. We started kicking everybody's ass on the Adidas circuit to where they asked me to take the all-star team to Treviso, Italy, where, you know, all of the GMs and the owners and everybody at for the summer. There I see Masai see me on the on the sideline working, coaching, you know what I'm saying? And that's, he was trying to bring a, a player on board. We had talked to him before a little bit. He kind of knew of me even when he was in Dallas. My agent had always kind of brought me up to him. And uh, he was like, you know, call me. I, I interviewed with Coach Casey. Coach Casey is like, come on, you know what I'm saying? So I, I got on and, you know, one year I was behind the bench with the Raptors, you know, just working, grinding with the Norman Powell, all the young players. The next year came with Jesse Mermis, took the job in L.A. and it was the opening for the G League. Asked me to coach the G League. So I took it and it was like, you know, people were saying, man, you're, you're close, just stay on the assistant. You, I mean, I felt like, no matter what happened, I was always going to have that tag of not having a head coaching experience. So even though some right. folks, I took a step back, I actually took, you know, once I did that and went to the G League and won a G League championship and went back to the finals, you know, the second year, I was like, damn, this boy now, that catapulted me in front of a lot of guys 
as far as yeah. being one of those next guys on, on on the list for for head coaching job. You know, I interviewed you know two or three jobs, and I didn't expect to get it that first year. And then that next year, before I could really get into that process again, Vanderbilt reached out to the the president of the G League, who had saw me, you know, really develop. You know, those young guys had you know how the G League go. You got guys coming up and down, and you still able to yeah. win consistently and have a style. You know, he you know he had an eye for that, and he was like, man. This is what we need at this university. We may not get all of the five-star talent, but we got to be able to develop them. So this was a good fit. And I didn't know, probably would have got some interviews and whatnot, but I was ready to get back to my element. Even though being an assistant coach is cool, and I worked with J.B. Bickerstaff in Memphis after I left Toronto, but ain't nothing like running your own thing. And man, I love it. I mean, I love being able to work with the younger group. Even though I love working with pros, man, because every you know they they get better too. But it's something about seeing that raw young talent. So I mean, I really enjoy the grassroots. So now this puts me even closer to those guys. My ties from my AU helps with recruiting because I know a lot of those guys, especially in this this market. You know, kind of being in the Southeast Conference, being in Georgia, being from North Carolina, especially with the pandemic now, kids want to stay a little closer to home. From, from that standpoint, just getting in the gym with them, grinding with them, seeing them get better. Now we got to worry about the academics a little bit. But the thing about here, you know, we get really good kids, man. I, I, don't, I can go to sleep at night not worrying about getting a phone call about, you know, such and such got arrested or it's a guy into this and got into that. So, you know, maybe it's a little tougher to get in here academically, right? You know, kids got to really be glued, locked in to come here and have success academically. So I don't have as big a pool as say some other schools that could get you know kids in in any way i have to go the other route i got to go out and find the kids that graze and now you know okay can they hoop and then i lock lock dead in on them mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so right. i think it's, it's enough of them that to that we can still have big success here because i mean they I, I didn't really know a lot about the sec conference coming from the, S, the acc you know, it's some rich history of Vanderbilt and, you know, you know, beating the Kentuckys and beating the Tennessees. So just understanding that we, we got an opportunity to get back to that. They asked me to do it, man. And I'm just thankful that God has put me in this position. It's not as many African-American brothers that's able to say that they're head coach of a power five school. Yeah, man. real talk. And, and I, no, I, I, I don't take that charge lightly at all, Q, at all. Yeah, no, I love the fact that guys like you, Jawan, Penny, and Pat, big OG Pat, yeah. we talked to him the other day. I love that y'all are, because it's not a lot of players, like you say, we don't get the opportunity, but everybody can't do it too. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody can't coach. Everybody can't retain that information. And you know how it is. You play with teammates and different guys. And it's it's only, it, all of us can't just step off the court and then still teach everything that we know and, and give that knowledge and be able to articulate. So for me to see y'all guys, like I know if I'm coming out of high school, like and one of y'all, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, I, that's a dude that literally did it. He did what I want to do to the highest level. Like when you look at a U, a Pat, a Penn, any of those guys, like y'all have done it. So as long as everything else y'all doing line up, this would this would be a great choice for me because everybody who, who playing basketball, they want to make it to the NBA. I don't care what they say, you know, everybody, they want to make it to the league. That's their goal. That's why they want to go and pick their college and do all this. So for me, that would be my preference for I want to go for and play for somebody who played, who did it, who sat in them seats, who know what it take. I'm not knocking anybody else, but I'm just saying me personally, that's what I would want to know. 
because certain people can't tell you. You you play 19 years in the league. If they didn't make the NBA, they can't speak on certain things that you can. They can't. They can talk about it, but they can't say they lived it, they walked it. They might have heard it from this person or that person. Like, you lived it. And you know what that is, and you can articulate it different than anybody who hasn't can. I don't care what nobody says, certain things that, that we privileged to because we were in those seats. We did this with everything from the plane to the draft to anything you want to talk about that we are privy to, only us. Nobody else can speak on that. And you got that knowledge to give to them. And that's to me, that's what you a young dude who ain't, you know what I'm saying? You're not like crazy old. You can relate. You didn't coach AU. You didn't coach in the G League and the NBA. And you played. Yeah. That check every box I need to know about. You know, you old, but you ain't crazy old, you know? <laughs> no, no, no. I still, yeah, I still get out there, man. I think that's the, that's the beauty of it, dude. I can show them what to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I like said, I ain't going go up and play a whole quarter, but you know, in this shell drill, I'm, I'm gonna get some buckets in this shell drill. Close out short if you want to. You know. How is the quarantine for you and your team? And how's the process on recruiting? Um, as far as our guys, you know, it was just the, the focus with them was just getting them through through the semester. Everything came to just a abrupt halt, right? Right after the, you know, the SEC tournament. We were actually the last game in the SEC tournament, then they canceled. So, you know, guys just took off, you know, they weren't able to get stuff out of the dorms or any of that stuff. So they, but we just been communicating with them, man, trying to stay on them about staying in the gym. Cause no, we're going to come out of this at some point and make sure that you're ready. And fortunately for our guys, they got access to gyms. So we're in a good spot. I try to talk to them probably every couple weeks, just making sure that everybody's good. But man, we were on a you know really good uptick how we finished the season. So it's kind of disappointing you know, we weren't able to carry that right into the summer. But it is what it is. That those challenges are for everybody. Like, it's not like we're at a disadvantage. Nobody's able to recruit. We've had some signings. A guy that never came to campus. He was scheduled to come in the spring wasn't able to make it, but was still signed with us. So I think our staff did a really good job of making the most of this situation and still being able to Again, talk to them, you know, look at them as like we're looking at each other right now. And I think they can see that sincerity of what we can offer for them and how we can help them. Did you guys have any seniors on your teams? And if so, what are you telling those people that didn't get to play in the tournaments and the respective sports and things like that? Uh, I mean, fortunately for us, man, that we only had one guy and he had a medical red shirt. Okay. You know, so he, he got early in the year, so he was granted a medical red shirt, so he's going to come back. But it is disheartening, man, that some of these kids that have uh, waited for that, that you know, the opportunity to play in and were having great years and wanted to try to showcase that because, like, you know, people don't understand, like, 85% of the people that have gotten drafted, you know, out of the last probably 400 players played in that tournament. You know, that's your showcase, yep. and those kids didn't get it. And it's just – March Madness is so important to college basketball and college universities in general. It provides so much revenue for all of the other sports. It's going to have some drastic effects on universities and put a really strain on, on financial budgets. So everybody's trying to scale back and just kind of be as, as diligent as possible when, when you're looking at, you know, finances and spending right now, you know, and hirings and all those type of things. Man. So it's important. If you had to pick four other players that you done played with in your career to play with you, who would be the four players? Mm. No matter what team, whatever, just four other players that you done played with, who would be the four players? <laughs> okay, it'd be 
LeBron, uh, Ben Wallace, mm. Dirk, Dwayne Wade, and Jason Terry. Okay, mm. JT, shit. <laughs> That's my guy. Do you remember the first person you dumped on when you was in the league? The first body. Oh, man, I was. First body might have been Olden Polony. Olden Polony. OP, we play with OP. Yeah. You, hey, you, you see how you see hey, you see how you said a, a seven hey, footer. Here you go. Here you go. Q, Q time about man. First person I dunked on was Mookie Blaylock. He bragged. You need to skip Mookie and go to the next. Hey person. Stack. First of all, first of all, Stack. Blaylock, I call myself. I, I, I consider Mookie. myself to be a truth teller, right? <laughs> so the first person you dunked on. <laughs> Is who it is. You can't. I mean, I wish it could have been Sean Bradley or something. It just was. I dunked on Sean Bradley before, but he wasn't the first. Right, right. It might. It might have been the guard out there that I called too. But you probably skipped the guard though, Zach. You probably skipped the guard. You probably skipped Mookie. Nobody else knew Mookie Blaylock. Thanks to him being a big guard anyway, right? Yeah. You know, they already talk about them big guards. Wow, well, you want to know what else too? I remember the first person to dunk on me, and I remember whose fault it was. This guy next to me, his fault, Glenn Big Dog Robinson caught a lob on me, and he pushed me into it. He pushed me. Oh. Two hands, my own brother. You know how somebody don't brother. play defense and you push him? Trying to, try to, try to get him to his rotation. He should have been over there earlier. Hey, get him his on. rotation, man. I OG. You know, nah. you know, he don't play no defense at all, so I tried to push him, you know. And, and then that's your boy. That's your boy. We're supposed to be brothers, and this is what he do to me. Hey, I know what I want to ask because you stack dollar, right? So when you first got the bag, I like to ask the question, what 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 did you do? Something where you was like, in that moment as a young boy, you was like, I'm doing this. But then like now you old, you like, I shouldn't have did that. But it meant everything back then. Buying my mama's house, but that, I mean, that was important to me. For me personally, you know, I had already got that stuff, you know what I'm saying, the range and all of that. It's just about paying off, paying it back. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I got out there like, okay, y'all know I'm good for it. I'm coming there. I done walked up in the dealership like, yo, come on, I'm yeah. good for it. You know, y'all yeah. see this draft status, but uh, I, I got you it used right to away. Own a truck. <laughs> Did you own your own truck and used to ship your own cars? Yeah, yeah, I had a, a dually and a the trailer. Truck? Yeah, yeah, my that one, that's why I'm telling you, stack dollar, bro. It's like stack house, man. You need to get your own truck, man. You this, ship your own cars. To this is what I'm phone. telling you, stack <laughs> dollar, bro. When homie, he left, my homie drove it. My homie Malcolm, exactly. he drove the truck. Exactly, bro. When I'm telling you that summer when he left, it was legendary, bro. Like this man pulled up. Whoa. First he came over on a boat. I remember that. Then he got his whips coming on his own truck with his partner just bringing it over. It's about to be all the partners just linking up. Y'all coming on the truck. We coming on the boat. We about to meet right here. We about to kick it. I say, yo, this is stacked dollar, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Being young and dumb, boy, you, you you learn, man. But we had, hey, we sure had you live fun. And you learn. <laughs> you live and you learn. It was fun. Man, I just want to continue to go out of my way to salute 
you being because you mentioned something earlier that made me kind of think about it when we was talking about you know you being a coach at school being played and and the knowledge that you could give and, and all that you could pull back into the kids but what you doing and what you represent is major and is needed as the african-american that look like us that there's one of us that come from where we come from that that accomplished and achieved everything that you achieved on and off the court with the way you, from afar, I saw you, I watched you, I looked up, I always said, stack, you know what I'm saying? Even from being younger, even from competing against you, it was somebody who was like, nah, he a solid dude, he handled his business, he moved the right way. And now to see you being at Vanderbilt, coaching and, and recruiting kids and being in that world, even from when you had your AU team, because I remember that too. And I thought that was dope, you know what I'm saying? That just to see somebody like you at the level you had achieved that you was going to be willing to, you really coached. It wasn't like, oh, I just got an AU program. You know how some people get programs and then they got that feel like, I was like, Stack really is the guy. And then to see you go and continue to do it, I just want to make sure that we give you your flowers while we got you on here and that everybody really understand that what you're doing is huge and it's major and it, like it's not a lot of us being able to do it at the level that you able to do it to. So I just wish nothing but continued success, man, championships and, and you know, moving up the college ranks. And eventually, if you want to be in the league coaching, you deserve that too. And I hope you get it, bro. For real. Appreciate y'all, man. I appreciate you. And likewise, man, this, like I said, I don't take this opportunity for granted at all. And, and like for you guys, I, I, I look at you and I admire how you guys been able to take your guys' platform and, and do what you're doing right now too, man. Transitioning, saying thinking ahead and being able to transition from from playing to having a platform like you guys have right now, man. I'm proud of you guys. Well, you know this this kid right here. Every time I was seeing, uh, he always had a bunch of candy in his pocket. So I was just like, yo, that's <laughs> the candy man. Every time I think, give me some candy, man. So it's just like when I see y'all. Man, it's the, the feeling's mutual, man. Love y'all, boys. We hope y'all keep doing, keep doing what you're doing. Man, I appreciate it, man. But all right, man, that's been love, super dope. Have our OG, Stack Dollar in the building, man. Superstar in the league, all-star, one of the all-time greats, and now head coach at Vanderbilt University. Appreciate having you, OG. Appreciate y'all guys having me too, man. Much love to y'all. theplayerstribute.com.